0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. You know, in the last couple of weeks, I've interviewed a number of people taking off of some presentations they've made on YouTube and kind of asking questions and responding to their answers to make um, a new presentation, but bringing up ideas that many others have that's really important for our audience here at America's Web Radio to listen to. One of those individuals that I have great respect to or respect for is Victor David Hansen out of the Hoover Institute. He really is a brilliant mind and has identified very clearly and succinctly a number of major challenges to America. He usually comes up with very good solutions. But today I want to talk about his most recent paper that some of you may have seen, some of you may have read, but I'd like to talk about him and discuss them a little bit with you. Because Dr. Hansen says there are 10 new ideas that are changing America, and maybe permanently. We are under a transformation that is going on, whether we like it or not. Our current president, Biden, has said, that he wants to be the most progressive president that this country has ever seen. And he seems to be well on his way for doing that. But behind President Biden, there is an entire culture that is changing. So Biden isn't necessarily making the change as much as he is a symbol of the change that's been going on for quite a while. And I want to talk about these 10 ideas that have been changing America for a long time and are now seen to be crescendoing and bringing new ideas, new thoughts, new controls, and a reinterpretation of many of the things that most of us growing up took for granted. But the first item that Dr. Hansen mentions, he labels it as America is Construct. Now, that's an unusual term, so let me see if we can read his comment and understand what he means by money is construct. He says it can be created from thin air. Annual deficits and aggregate national debt no longer matter much. Prior presidents ran up huge annual deficits, but at least there were some concessions that the money was real and had to be paid back. That's not true now. As we near $30 trillion in national debt and 110% of our annual gross domestic product, our elites in Washington and others believe permanent zero interest rates may make the cascading obligation irrelevant. Or the larger debt, the more likely we will be forced to address needed income redistribution. Let me try to unpack that a little bit. Because I don't think most people who don't follow economics are fully aware that in the past, when I was younger, 20, 30 years ago, when the government wanted to increase spending, it had to go and borrow money from other countries. And the national outcry was that we're borrowing money from the Chinese that our children are going to have to pay back. Well, that's still somewhat true today, but more importantly, it's becoming less and less true because we have found at the Federal Reserve a process of borrowing from ourselves. Now, as strange as that may sound, that's exactly what's happening. The Federal Reserve has the ability to print more money. Think of it in those terms. So instead of going out and borrowing the money, they simply print more money and then we owe it to ourselves to pay that back at some point. But at this juncture, money doesn't seem to matter how much we print. That doesn't sound very logical to most of us who have budgets at the family or even the state level, but from the federal government, it almost sounds like it doesn't matter how much money we print and how much money we spend, as long as the interest rate is low. Because once the interest rate rises, we do have to pay ourselves back at least the interest. And with near zero interest, we don't have to pay ourselves back very much. But as soon as interest rates go up, a good part of our taxes and other income generation to the federal government is going to be dramatically taken up by paying interest back to ourselves. That doesn't sound like it's going to be able to be spent on roads or housing or infrastructure projects or research development or military. In fact, a lot of people sort of taking off on the last part of Dr. Hansen's statement about money is construct is that if we spend a lot of money, there'll be less money to spend on things like the military, most times when liberals take over, as this current administration, this current Biden administration is doing, the idea is we're going to spend less on the military so we can shift money over the domestic issues. And that happens every time Democrats, and especially progressives, liberals, get in power. they got to find money someplace. This administration thinks they can find money by raising corporate income taxes. But there's many economists out there that argue that corporations don't pay in income taxes. They simply pass that cost of doing business along to customers and raising prices. So will interest rates go up? Well, they seem to be going up, but the federal reserve does have some control over the level of interest rates. And they have kept those down for almost 25 years when people are saying interest rates are going to go up. Well, I read a recent article that basically said we don't have to worry about inflation going up, which typically drives interest rates up as well. And the reason we don't have to worry about inflation is that if we look to the past, the highest inflation we had was in the late 1970s under President Jimmy Carter. And we called that stagflation. We had very little growth, but we had a lot of interest rate increase and inflation increase. Most people don't remember. They weren't alive where we had 25% interest rates and 12% inflation. So we're not worried about inflation is what many politicians are going to say because by the time inflation hits, this Biden administration will be out of office and it'll be somebody else's problem. We're just going to kick the can down the road. Now, in my history of understanding the economics and my classes at college, which were many years ago, there were two types of inflation that we can expect. One type of inflation is where we have the same number of goods, but we have more money available. In other words, the money supply is propped up, much like the um, uh, COVID spending and the stimulus spending and the infrastructure spending and the new health care spending by the federal government. That means there's more money in the system to buy the same amount of goods, which means that people are going to be bidding up higher and higher for those services. That creates inflation because the prices then are going to go up because people want, the do- want those goods and they have more dollars to spend. That's one type of inflation. The other type of inflation is when there are fewer goods. There's a a break in the supply system. And so you have fewer goods that are available and you have the same amount of money. So you, you have few goods. So people are going to bid up more for those goods because they're desperate for them. They can't get them anyplace else. Well, in my mind, and I'm just a layman, I'm not a fancy uh, PhD economist, but I've lived through a number of ups and downs in this economy over my many years. And now it seems like we have a perfect storm, We have fewer goods because of the coronavirus issues and the supply chain breaks, whether that's goods from China or people in the United States who couldn't get and manufacture the goods that they normally would because they were required to stay at home. They were given unemployment benefits to compensate them for staying at home. They stayed home longer than maybe they could have or should have because businesses were shut down by the federal government and by state governments. So, You have that situation where you don't have the supply of goods out there that you normally would with a robust economy. If anybody's tried to buy lumber to build anything, build a new house or make repairs, you'll find that the price of lumber is up 50 to 100 percent in most parts of this country. Go out and try to buy a fence. It's eight to 10 weeks before you can even think about getting delivery on a fence. Try to go buy furniture in any store, and most stores are absolutely cleaned out. They have only floor models to look at, and then it's three, five months before they can you can expect delivery. So we have a shortage of goods, and we have an increase in the supply of money. Seems to me like it's a perfect storm, whether it's going to be five years from now, seven years from now, or 12 months from now. But it seems to me that inflation is inevitable, regardless of what these economists and investment companies are telling us they don't want to tell us bad news because that can have ramifications on the stocks that they're most interested in that they're promoting so they've learned never to say negative things because they might even get sued for driving a stock price down because they gave such negative uh comments on it that's why most investors individual investors only find out after the fact that oh the trends were this and the The uh, economic models were showing this. So you've got to be very careful in this environment where we are printing so much money. And that is the first thing that's changed in this economy. No one seems to be concerned about printing more and more money. It's happened under Republicans. It's happened under Democrats. And it certainly now is supercharged more than it's ever been. And still very few, if anybody out there, is really raising a warning flag about the extra spending. You know, you'll hear a few in Congress talk about it, but it seems like their comments are taken more as being obstructionist rather than real whistleblowers on what's happening and foreshadowing the dangers of what we're getting into. seems like if you're a Republican, you support uh, increased spending. You just kind of limited a little bit more than Democrats would. But now if you're a Democrat, you're going all out. You're all in, if you will, of trying to get more and more spending to do whatever projects you want to give more and more money to some of the special interest groups that have been supporting the liberal causes, more and more money to the cronies out there. So we have crony government instead of crony capitalism that happens when the Republicans are in charge, Democrats charge that uh, it's crony capitalism, giving benefits to the wealthy and the corporations. Well, we now know that the corporations are in bed with the Democrats and they continue to talk about how it's Republicans that are in bed with the corporations. But we now know that it's the Republicans have changed and they're now of the blue collar party, the working party, the middle class party. and The Democrats are for the elitist and the big government because I work for a big company doing accounting and audit work, consulting work. And the mantra there was you want to vote for a big government because we'll put in more regulations, more taxes, and that gives us more business opportunities. It's crazy. You vote your pocketbook as a company, not ideology to actually stay in bed with the right people to create an environment that's conducive and healthy for the middle class and for this overall economy. So let's stop there on number one. We have more items to go for the rest of this hour. Uh, Hopefully it won't take as Log long as one segment for each piece. Well, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk more about Victor David Hansen's uh, 10 ways of changing the economy, maybe forever. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on The Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Healthcare Insight. Today we are talking about a number of items that are changing America before our eyes, and we hardly even know it. We talked to a great extent in the first segment about how money and running up the deficit – And uh, annual debt really doesn't matter much anymore. Our national debt is no longer viewed as something we should control. Well, let's move to the second item. The second item are that laws are not necessarily binding anymore. Think about that. Laws are not necessarily binding anymore. Joe Biden took an oath to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Of course, every president does that. But he has willfully rendered federal immigration laws null and void. Some rioters are prosecuted for violating federal laws. Others, not so much. We're now calling rioters protesters, and nobody is prosecuting them. Of course, the FBI went into all sorts of visual identification and tracking down of anybody and everybody who was protesting on... January 6th, and those who broke into the Capitol building. Of course they should be tracked down and anybody creating violence against anybody ought to be prosecuted. But the point here is that it's selective prosecutions. And it's the classic thing that most Marxists do. And that is they create so many laws for you to violate that everybody is in violation of some laws. But then the people in charge can only prosecute those who are against them and they forgive or ignore those who are on their side or ideologically connected to them. So now we have arrests, prosecutions and trials that are all very fluid. Ideology governs when a law is considered a law. Crime rates do not necessarily matter anymore. If someone is carjacked, assaulted, or shot, it can be understood to be as much the victim's fault as the perpetrator's. In other words, the person who is the victim of the crime is blamed more than the person who actually committed the crime. And we're seeing this all over the media these days with police being shot, they're not respected, but it's their fault. Or Asian Americans being attacked on the street and yeah we see the horror of it but is anything done? Do we track these people down? Do we prosecute them? Or as what happens in New York City even if you track them down they're given bail immediately and they're left back out on the street and then they can go and hide wherever they're going to hide and avoid real lawful prosecution so Here, now we've decided that either the victim was too lax, uncaring, and insensitive, or he provoked the attacker. So these random attacks we make excuses for, especially if it's a minority or a liberal progressive who does the attacking. And if the victim is ideologically on the right, or is white, then all of a sudden... It's that person's problem because there's there's systemic racism that is causing it. And that white victim is a part of that systemic racism that exists. It really turns law and justice on its head. How useful the crime is to the larger agenda of the left determines whether a victim is really a victim. And the victimizer is really a victimizer. We don't know anymore these days. It's not innocent until proven guilty anymore. It's guilty until you've proven innocent if you are of the wrong ideological bent. Well, let's talk about the third area that's changing before our eyes. So now we have money doesn't matter, the laws don't matter. Now the third item is probably the biggest and maybe should have been listed first. And that is that racism is now acceptable. We are defined first by our ethnicity or religion, and only secondarily, if at all, as an American commonality. In other words, you're allowed to use your race in every circumstance by claiming that you're a victim and to charge somebody else with racism. So that's now an acceptable pattern to claim that, that you are a victim regardless of how much Income you might make, maybe you're a, a basketball player in the NBA making millions of dollars. You're a LeBron James, who's got 16 cars and $15 million houses, but because you are a minority, you're and that's your ethnicity, you're allowed to be defined by that, as, as opposed to being an American first. The explicit exclusion of whites from college dorms, from safe spaces, And federal aid programs is now not even controversial. So we're using racism to so-called combat previous racism, but racism is still racism. Oh, there can be special things that are given in recognition of of, uh, somebody who needs extra help. But just because somebody is a minority doesn't mean they need help. What if they come from a very wealthy family? And they can afford college. They can afford to buy a car. They can afford to have all the benefits of anybody with wealth in this country. But yet, they're still a minority. And therefore, there is institutional racism working against them. And to show you how crazy it is, Victor David Hansen talks about how at his university out in California, that because they were trying to fill quotas, because of this racism idea, they were hiring very elite minorities from overseas, bring in Asians and Indians and people from South America, the very best in those other countries only because their skin color was darker than a white person that they might hire. And that filled a certain quota and allowed that college to get more money from the federal government or at least not to be prevented from getting certain grants and monies from the federal government. So this whole idea that we can now have safe spaces, that we can have dormitories and colleges that are only of one ethnicity. That used to be called racism that was bad. Now it's racism that's good. So it's all the unspoken payback for perceived past sins and a type of good racism that we now see. Falsely is be called falsely being called a racist makes one more guilty than falsely calling someone else a racist. Let me repeat that again, because it's really important. Falsely being called a racist makes one more guilty. In other words, if you're being called a racist, you're guilty. And you're more guilty than someone who is falsely calling someone else a racist. So that's why it's acceptable to call everybody and everything racist, because that's okay. And immediately casts a pall on the target of, of that claim. And they're now guilty until proven innocent, or they're guilty only because of the color of their skin. Well, let's talk about number four. The immigrant is mostly preferable to the citizen. The immigrant is mostly preferable to the citizen. The newcomer to this country, unlike the host current citizens, is not stained by the sins of America's founding and history. Most citizens currently must follow quarantine rules as an example and social distancing. Stay out of school and obey all the laws. That's the standard for existing citizens. But yet those entering the country illegally need not follow such apparently superfluous COVID-19 rules. Their children should be immediately schooled without worry of quarantine. Immigrants need not worry about their illegal entry or residence in America, even though that act itself is illegal. Our elites believe illegal immigrants more closely resemble the founders than do legal citizens about half of whom they consider irredeemable anyway. Well, let's talk about this some more, because we see it every night on the news, even what they show, which is a scrubbed version of the actual horrors that are going on around our southern border. Immigrants are coming in, they're being housed, they're being put in hotels, paid. The payments for the hotel stays for these folks are running into hundreds of millions of dollars that could be spent on people and problems in the United States. But we're housing children. And what does that really mean? It means that they came from someplace where their family is now separated. People desperate are sending their people, their children to the United States. Do you know that in, in Ecuador, a third of their population has now left their country to come to the United States. Now, the real issue that's totally, completely ignored by the media is that many of these children are harmed or killed along the way from the Central American country they're coming from to the border of the United States. Oh, the president is saying, don't come. But then he says, if you do come, we're going to give you free health care. We'll give you free lodging. We'll give you a a free airline or bus ticket to wherever you want to go. We'll give you benefits once you get there of Medicaid. of housing assistance, of families who are going to adopt you, they'll get money. So it's really a very perverse system and a sinful system of inviting people into this country and separating them from their families from where they came. So now we're going to both do that and send a ton of money to these countries supposedly to help fix their poverty problems. But we know in the past when that's been done that the money is just going to some of the rulers, it's being uh, money is being corrupted, it's being stolen. The waste, fraud, and abuse in the countries where we have no control once we send the check to them is just outrageous. And this is supposedly going to make us feel better. But we're not really doing anybody any good. We're doing a lot of harm. But people in the United States only see what the media is showing, which is the end result. you got these poor children that are coming here. They're going to be taken care of much better than they were back in their home location or back with their home family as if we in the United States can do better for these children than their own parents and their own country can. We're sucking the lifeblood of countries away from their home to come here and then be mistreated along the way. And the few that do make it here, then they get all the benefits that are even more than American citizens get. They don't have the restrictions, they get more money, they don't have to have IDs, they can fly any place they want. All those th- 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 things are being given to people that would not be given if you were an American citizen. Well, let's stop here for a moment, and we'll be right back talking about the problems that are changing America that we don't even know about sometimes. We don't think about it. It's just happening in front of us, and we're blind to it. So what we want to do now is continue through this very impressive, very insightful list of Dr. Um, Vincent David Hansen, who has really put forward some interesting ideas for us to ponder and to fully recognize what's happening to our country. It's turning into a place many of us think is not the country we grew up in. And we've got to become aware of it first before we can change it back or to stop this onslaught. Unslaught of liberalism.
0: Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com Want to give your family our loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com I love
1: mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it, and you'll love having one in your shower.
0: Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor Show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor Show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor Show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back once again to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Healthcare Insight. Now, we haven't been talking about healthcare specifically over the last few weeks, nor during this hour. And that's because so much is changing around us that ultimately is gonna impact our perception of government and the ability to move more towards free markets. This whole idea of socialism changes the dynamics of healthcare. So we've talked many times in this program over many months about how to create a free market system what I'm trying to do now is try to move to the idea of why without some substantive change without new leadership in this country we're not going to be able to get into the idea of free markets we just need to understand why the markets are moving more towards socialism what's happening uh, in this country and we've talked about several of Uh, Ten items so far, and I want to continue down that list. But what we've learned so far is that money really doesn't matter. Two, laws don't really matter. Three, your race is more important than anything else. So your ability, your mm, things that you, personal responsibility, your initiative, none of those things matter. The only thing that really matters anymore is what is your race, what is your ethnicity, and what is your politics. The next thing we learned is that citizenship doesn't really matter. That immigrants are much more preferable to citizens and they get many more rights than we as citizens get. Well, the fifth item I want to talk about in this segment is that most Americans should be treated as we would treat little children. That's become acceptable that we have a nanny state. Citizens cannot be asked to provide a voter ID if you are of a certain ethnicity, there's an acceptance that we'll just treat you as an uneducated, uninformed child that can't do anything for themselves. So we can't ask you for a voter ID. I mean that was the big thing with this new Georgia law that was passed. Is that we deign to ask for a voter ID and that certain people cannot provide a voter ID. It doesn't have to be a driver's license. It can be any government issue. There actually are free IDs that are given to citizens in the state of Georgia so that they would have some ID. But no, those people are just too, too, too stupid, too inept to be able to provide any ID. And there's a whole list of alternatives to driver's licenses. But the media doesn't pick up on that. The media just echoes the liberal idea that it's voter suppression to actually ask for some identification. Even if that identification can be multiple forms. So these noble lies by our elites about COVID nineteen rules are necessary to protect the Neanderthals from themselves. So we have to we have to protect people. Can't give them any assume any personal responsibility. So we have to tell them how to cover their noses and cover their mask and when they can go to church and when they can go to movies and when they can go to a spa, when they can get their hair cut. But to treat them like little children again. again. You know, Americans deserve release relief from the stress of grades, standardized testing, and these normative rules of school behavior. Now you can be disruptive in school and that's okay. That's accepted. You're allowed to do that. Because quite honestly what they do is they see the adults and the teachers acting in an unruly behavior as they chastise children for asking certain questions. So it's all acceptable. and We do away with grades. It's sort of pass and fail if it's even that. And standardized testing? Oh my goodness, we can't do standardized testing because some people just aren't going to be well prepared. We don't want to hurt their poor psyches. So (laughs) they are still, they still are clueless about why it is good for them to pay for more for gasoline, heating and air conditioning. Why should they do that? They're clueless about why it's good for them to pay. We just wind up paying it. It's good because the government's gonna get more taxes. It's gonna require more carpooling. It's gonna require you to take the bus. So we treat people like little children. We're doing this for your own good is the ultimate message here. So let's move on to number six. Hypocrisy is passe. Virtual signaling is alive. So these climate change activists fly on private jets. But that's okay because they're so worried about the economy and about the climate. Social justice warriors live in gated communities. They don't have to worry about defunding the police because they've got their own gated communities to hide behind. They have their own security guards. They have their own systems in their house to protect against break- 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 the multi-billionaire elites pose as victims of sexism, racism and homophobia the elite need to these exemptions to help the helpless so it's okay that they have to fly around for climate change because they're helping everybody to, to combat climate change so that's okay for them so it's not hypocrisy it is what you say to a lesser, to lesser others about how to live, not what you do yourself to live that matters. So it used to be, you know, the old saying uh, was, do as I say, not as I do. And that's exactly the hypocrisy that exists today. We used to call that out as hypocrisy, but that's no longer true. And this virtue signaling, virtue signaling is alive and well. In Washington D.C., anybody just need to take a look at some of the media just the other day, where Pete Buttigieg's our environmental um, ambassador, if you will, our transportation secretary. What does he do? He drives in with several SUVs and guards and protections for him, and he stops short of going to his job in Washington D.C. and gets out a bicycle. So the media can film him bicycling the work? Give me a break. Talking about virtual signaling, that's about as hypocritical as you can possibly get. But yet the media doesn't call him out for that. We have no real media that, that Fifth Estate is supposed to be speaking truth to power. They become a propaganda tool. And all these things that we're talking about today are just part of that propaganda that's being promoted by the media where it would have been called out in the past. So let's talk about number seven, ignoring or perpetuating homelessness is preferable to ending it. It is more humane to let thousands of homeless people live, eat, defecate, and use drugs on public streets and sidewalks than it is to greenlight affordable housing, mandate hospitalization for the mentally ill, and create sufficient public shelter areas. Just look at almost any major city. We see it in some of the news, but it's not not really emphasized as the problem. It's that's the people we're going to we're trying to help, and they're allowed to be homeless. They're allowed to set up homeless shelters on school um, uh, property, and now we're sending kids back to school where there are homeless tents, there are drug needles all around, there's defecation, there's Stuff that our kids shouldn't even be seeing if we were properly, uh, had proper government. Why is it okay to support the homeless rather than to help them? How is that compassionate to help people who are homeless to stay homeless and to accept the problems that they create by being homeless? Drug addiction, alcoholism, crime... Needles on the street, defecation. I mean, it's really crazy that this is allowed. And now we seem to be going to say, okay, let's put billions of dollars, which is what the Biden administration has has passed in its COVID release, billions of dollars to solve the homeless problem by putting them in hotels, not solving their underlying issues. So guess what's going to happen to those hotels? Is it going to be any cleaner? You put them into a clean spot, you put them into a nice room with a good bed and a TV. You think they're going to maintain that level of comfort, that level of cleanliness? I guarantee you within three, four, five, six months, those hotels will be trashed. There will be needles all around. There will be a um, crime within those facilities. But we will have gathered them in a spot, maybe taken them off the streets, so that we can't see them anymore, but we'll wind up seeing them again, I guarantee you. So that's the problem that we have here in number seven. We are ignoring or perpetuating homelessness, making it an acceptable lifestyle almost. Well, let's go on to number eight. McCarthyism is, is, is good. Destroying lives and careers for incorrect thoughts saves more lives and careers. Well, let's unpack this one. The cancel culture and the Twitter reign of terror provide needed deterrence. That's the attitude now. Now that Americans know they are one wrong word, one act or look away from losing their livelihoods, they are more careful and will behave in a more enlightened fashion. The social media guillotine is the humane scientific tool Of this woke culture. You know, it's really sick. McCarthyism used to be a bad word and they're not really using that term today, but it's the same effect that we take people and we scare them. Normal citizens are afraid to speak out. That's what totalitarian governments do. That's what the whole Marxist movement is about. Let's create a fear among the opposition. Let's create a culture where they can't say anything without fear of retribution. And now they fear something they might have done in the past. Let's think about what's happened with some of the TV personalities. One personality on The Bachelor, for example, when they were shown a picture of one of the female contestants... In an old antebellum Southern dress, it was a Southern party not highlighting racism of that period, but highlighting the fashion and the dress and the fun culture that people getting together would enjoy by dressing up. Yeah, the dress up was Old South. Well, the Old South dress up used to be acceptable. It didn't include the idea that they supported racism or slavery. It was simply just a fun day for teenage, young adult college kids to get together and have a party. Oh, they could have dressed up, I guess, as in Halloween costumes of some other nature, but they dressed up as Southern Bells because they had fancy dresses. Well, when the host of that program said, well, you know, back then it wasn't thought of as supporting slavery now we have a different mindset we look at everything with a victim mentality and looking for racism and slavery dog whistles every every place so there was nothing necessarily wrong with that is what he was saying but guess what he got fired just for saying maybe we should look at things differently according to the time of our culture that we were in and what people were thinking about back then but it doesn't matter anymore It's still, you lose your job. But if you're on the ideological left, take a look at the governor of Virginia. The governor of Virginia says, yes, in those college pictures, he was either in blackface or in a KKK robe. He wasn't sure which, but both today under this definition of McCarthyism that's going on the left would be would be grounds for getting fired or resigning or forcing him out. But no, not because anything he did, but because he's a liberal, he's a progressive, he's a Democrat. So he gets a pass on that. But if he had been a Republican, you and I both know what would have happened to his career. It would have been over. Let's take another quick commercial break and we will be right back. If you do, join us on The Doctor's Lounge and hear The Doctor's Conversations amongst themselves – Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the final segment this week of America's Web Radio program, Healthcare Insight. We've not been talking too much directly about healthcare as opposed to talking about the underlying issues that are changing this country so fundamentally around issues such as healthcare, education, around our politics, around most every other aspect of our life. And it's becoming more like that proverbial frog in the, um, uh, in the pot where he goes in when it's cool or lukewarm and it gets heated up to boiling, but he doesn't know the differences as it is progressing and changing over time. And that's what's happening to us as a country. We're seeing dramatic changes, but we don't notice it. So we can't get back into issues like how do we create a free market uh, private healthcare system when some of these other aspects are occurring all around us that's changing the entire dynamic, the entire culture, the entire politics that's involved with us governing ourselves in a self-governing country where we actually can speak and offer up options and choices. That's being changed. So let's summarize what we know so far. First thing we know is that money is really not important anymore. There's no such thing as worrying about our aggregate national debt or annual deficits that we run up. We just keep doing it, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, and nobody seems to worry about it anymore. Our laws are not uh, that relevant anymore because you can apply the law wherever you want. You can say it's uh, prosecutorial discretion. And you don't go after your friends, but you go after your foes, whether it's using the IRS and the tax code or whether it's just giving reprieve and not prosecuting people, as many district attorneys around the country are doing. That were promoted and allowed uh, enormous amount of financial backing by George Soros to put in district attorneys in major cities that are just letting people go, deciding not to prosecute. So the law really doesn't matter anymore. We also know that Race is the most important thing in this culture. It's not who you are or what what you're doing and what your creativity is. Um, We now focus solely on racism. Uh, That's the first defining issue. It doesn't mean anything to be an American anymore. That's not important. It's what your race or ethnicity is, and that's the most important thing. We also know that citizenship doesn't mean anything. Immigrants are getting preferable treatment. We also know that Americans have become accepted being treated like little children, being told by the federal government what to do, where to go. We also told that you're too stupid to even have an ID to vote. Oh, you might need an ID to go on a plane, but, you know, you're your children, so you can't really go on planes and do other things, and you'll worry about that later on and get something. But something as important as voting, no. Uh, the population is too stupid to be able to have an ID, even if IDs are available under multiple forms, not just a driver's license. If you don't drive, many people in big cities don't drive. Many people don't have cars, but they can get IDs. They're free, but that doesn't matter. The, the, the lies over and over again by the uh, media, continue to promote that. We also know that uh, we got to treat people like children because we don't want to have anybody offended. So the federal government has to step in. We also know that a virtue signaling is more important than being hypocritical. You can be hypocritical, but if you're doing it for the right reasons, then it's okay. We also know that we going to ignore homelessness. We're going to just sort of pretend it's invisible, except that we're going to spend a lot of money just trying to perpetuate it. There are people who make tons of money off of homelessness. Many of the liberal groups that are out there supposedly trying to help the homeless are getting millions and millions of dollars to help the homeless, but are they solving the homeless problem? No, they get more money if there's more homeless. So anytime you get more money for something, you'll create more of it. It's not an idea that we're going to give you more money if there is fewer homeless. No, we're going to give you more money. And then we also know that what I call McCarthyism is good. In other words, destroying lives and careers. If you have an incorrect thought or statement or a history, you go back as many years as necessary, 20, 30, 40 years. Somebody can find a picture, a tweet, a high school um, yearbook that says something that puts you in question, or that you did the wrong thing, then you get your life destroyed. That's okay in today's culture. Let's talk about the last couple of items on this list of ten. Number nine: Ignorance is preferable to knowledge. Neither statue toppling nor name changing nor the 1619 project require any evidence or historical knowledge. Heroes of the past were simply idiots. Undergraduate gra- graduate and professional degrees reflect credentials, not knowledge. The brand, not what created it, is all that matters. So let me unpack that a little bit. We have people who were toppling statues because George Floyd uh, was was murdered on the street by a cop. Now, that trial is ongoing, so whether he's convicted of murder or whether there are circumstances that the jury uh, reflects on, it says, well, no, it wasn't murder. It was cops doing their job, maybe going overboard, some might say, but maybe still doing his job. But they went down and toppled statues just to be destructive, Uh, Riots were happening in the streets that everybody just wanted to call protesters. They were toppling statues of African-American heroes. They were toppling statues of heroes that should have been a hero to any American, whether it's George Washington, whether it's Abraham Lincoln, whether it's anybody who's been involved with so-called social justice. But it doesn't matter. We have crowds out there now, anarchists, that are just toppling statues and they're name-calling people typically racist. Or you have a 1619 project, 1619 project, that's already been debunked, but the media, school boards, liberal school boards, are just continuing to promote the idea that America is a racist country because it all started in 1619 when the first slaves came over here. You know, it's the idea that America is the only country that ever had slaves. No, slavery is existing today around the country, around the world. Slavery has existed in almost every country over millennia. But this country found a way to get rid of it early on. And you know, one of the projects that goes back to one of the earlier issues about immigration, is that many of these people coming across the border are actually being put into sex slave networks? But we don't talk about that anymore. We're kind of just ignoring that. And in the name of immigration, in the name of just being ignorant, that if the population is ignorant to the issues, then they won't know to be outraged by it. And the media is continuing to promote that whole idea that we're just not going to tell people the bad things that are going on if it doesn't fit the narrative of a liberal, progressive ideology. So this whole idea that ignorance is now preferable to knowledge. It used to be that if we knew about things, we could rationally discuss them, we'd take points of view, we can have debates. But that's not the idea anymore. And people who go to these colleges, whether it's Ivy League schools or other uh, highly recognized uh, academic centers. They'll graduate with various degrees. And so they may be a PhD in what? In cultural arts someplace? Or in a, a major that really has no economic value, but because they're credentialed, they can have a PhD. They're recognized as being informed, part of the elite. Well, they're not part of the elite, professional degrees seem to reflect real credentials and knowledge just take a look at the first lady she seems to be a very nice lady but they call her Dr. Jill Biden as if she's an MD in fact many in the liberal side were reflecting oh yeah I would go to her because she's a great doctor I would always let her treat me and then they find out she's not an MD doctor she's a PhD doctor in education so I certainly as for one Wouldn't want to go to her for any medical issues. But yet the media keeps talking about her as Dr. Jill Biden. Well, I have a son who's a PhD and we don't call him doctor. We reflect on his credentials and his knowledge. But you know what his degree is in? His degree is in computational biology and molecular physics. Um, That's a little bit more than most degrees people are getting these days but we don't call him doctor but if you're a doctor PhD on the liberal side I guess you want to be highlighted especially if you're the first lady even if most people don't understand that she's not a medical doctor and they'll just rave about her as being this great and wonderful doctor let's go to the final issue number 10 wokeness is the new religion It's growing faster and larger than Christianity. Its priesthood outnumbers the clergy and exercises far more power. Silicon Valley is the new Vatican. And Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, and Twitter are the new Gospels. You know, Americans privately fear all these new rules and publicly appearing to accept them. Um, We hope they're still transitory. And we can ultimately react to them in some way. Or are they already nearly permanent and institutionalized? That's what we don't know. So on the whole idea of this wokeness, it's a new power that's come from anonymous people writing on Twitter and responding back to people. And just because it's on the computer, just because somebody writes it, it doesn't make it of any real value. But somehow... We take it as value, and we call it wokeness. We really need to be moving from wokeness to awakenness We need to be awakened to the problems that are being created by this very strange culture that's developing. And nobody is really pushing back on it because the wokeness as a new religion is really starting to take hold and redefine our country, not because it has any real strength in and of itself, but because there seems to be this growing acceptance among the media. If the media was to highlight the hypocrisy that's going on, if the media was to take any one of these 10 areas and actually delve into it as to how it is hurting the U.S. economy, how it is hurting the middle class, how it is hurting the citizens of this country, we'd see an entirely different uh, end game here. But that's not happening. I don't know how we change. The media. One of our previous week's comments was that how we educate our children in one decade is how we will rule ourselves in subsequent decades. So I think all of this coming out in these items that have so dramatically changed the way we think in this country, the way we respond, the way we react, what our leaders are thinking or not thinking at times, is coming from the educational system that we have. And that's where I think a great deal of emphasis may need to be placed over the next few years. But that's a long-term solution. The short-term solution is just getting to the truth. And I think people are getting pretty fed up with these different changes that are going on. I mean, does it really make any sense that we just keep spending and spending and spending when we know the outcome of that is inflation and other countries in this world have gone into bankruptcy? Cities have gone into bankruptcy We can't keep bailing ourselves out by reaching into our right-hand pocket to pay for what's in the left-hand pocket. We really have to get back to we are a country of laws and not of men, because we really have reversed that. We are now becoming a country where laws uh, apply only to certain men or women and not to others. We really need to stop this constant drumbeat that everything is about racism. I don't know how we stop that because it's become so well accepted in our culture that people um, can use that term over and over again and it seems to have an impact and instead of a d- diminishing impact, it seems to have a growing impact. Well, I hope some of this is helpful to go through these items to show how our country is changing. I hope you will come back next week and we'll continue with some of this process of understanding how our culture is changing and how if... We don't get to the root cause of some of these things and make changes. The idea of getting to a rational, free market-based health care is just never going to happen. So I'm going to spend a few more weeks on these types of topics to try to reset the goals of how we have self-government and how we get to free market solutions where people have some personal responsibility.